No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives a message of disaster and doom to Jerusalem. In that day they will seek peace, but there will be none. But is there no hope left? We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. Ezekiel was given a bitter message by the Lord to the Jewish captives in Babylon. It was literally a word of doom and gloom. But through it all, they would come to know that their God is the Lord, Yahweh, and not the lifeless idols they had been worshiping. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 7. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, thus says the Lord God to the land of Israel, an end, the end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end has come upon you, and I will send my anger against you, and I will judge you according to your ways, and I will repay you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will repay your ways, and your abominations will be in your midst. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, as would often happen with God's prophets. And God personified the land of Israel here as he spoke of its end coming. He spoke of the four corners of the land, meaning that it would come to an end in totality. Now, God would finally repay them for all their abominations. Often people think that everything will continue as it always has. They don't think that God sees what they are doing or if he does see that he doesn't care. But God is the judge of the earth and he will repay each person according to what he has done in his day of judgment. The abominations of their idolatry and violations of their covenant with the Lord would be exposed and would bring them to shame. God said, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel often uses this phrase. It indicates that there was a purpose in God's judgment. He could have just wiped out Israel, but he had something else in mind. He wanted them to recognize that he was the Lord and that they would revere him appropriately. Yahweh was the sovereign covenant-keeping God, and they needed no other. Thus says the Lord God, a disaster, a singular disaster. Behold, it has come, an end has come, the end has come. It is dawn for you. Behold, it has come. Doom has come to you, you who dwell in the land. The time has come, a day of trouble is near, and not of rejoicing in the mountains. Now upon you I will soon pour out my fury and spend my anger upon you. I will judge you according to your ways, and I will repay you for all your abominations. And so this would be the end of Jerusalem as they had known it. They thought themselves untouchable. They thought that nothing could happen to them because they had the temple. But now doom had dawned upon them. After they had ignored God's warnings for 150 years, he was now pouring out his fury. 
My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. I will repay you according to your ways, and your abominations will be in your midst. Then you shall know that I am the Lord who strikes. Now David had written in Psalm 103, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. But now the Lord would no longer pity his people, and his eye would not spare them from the impending doom. Babylon would destroy their beloved Jerusalem and temple. Previously, they had known the Lord as Yahweh Jireh, the Lord our provider, and Yahweh Nissi, the Lord our banner or our protector. But now they would know him as Yahweh Nakah, the Lord who strikes. We must never lapse into the deception that the Lord is a God of love, but not a God of justice. He judges people impartially according to their ways. Now, the only thing that protects us from his awful wrath is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins on the cross. How we must flee to Calvary as our only place of refuge. Behold the day. Behold, it has come. Doom has gone out. The rod has blossomed. Pride has budded. Violence has risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain. None of their multitude. None of them. Nor shall there be wailing for them. Now think of how patient God is. How long he waits before he brings judgment. He lets so many people get away with so much for so long. They blaspheme him. They toss his commandments behind their back. They don't give their creator a second thought. But when the day comes, when he releases his doom, there is no escape. Proverbs 29.1 says, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Now, the Lord compared the pride of Judah with Aaron's budding rod. God had caused Aaron's rod to bud and produce blossoms to show that he was the chosen priest and to quiet the pride and rebellion that had risen up against the Lord. Now their pride had budded again and God would humble them. Their violence had grown to the point where God would now bring the Babylonians as his rod against them. The time has come. The day draws near. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn. For wrath is on their whole multitude. For the seller shall not return to what has been sold, though he may still be alive. For the vision concerns the whole multitude, and it shall not turn back. No one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. Now, in Israel, a person's family inheritance could not be permanently sold. It would revert back to the original owner every 50 years during the year of Jubilee. If you sold your land, then the buyer would really be purchasing the number of crops until the next Jubilee. But in this case, the buyer would not rejoice because his purchase would be taken away in the Babylonian invasion. Now, after a person was forced to sell his property, he would often mourn and murmur or complain about his lot. But this was a moot point, for it would be taken away anyway. God's wrath would be on the whole multitude, buyer and seller alike. The seller would not receive his land back during the year of Jubilee, since he would now be in captivity. So all of their buying and selling would profit them nothing, since everyone had lived in iniquity and wrath was coming upon them all. 
They have blown the trumpet and made everyone ready, but no one goes to battle, for my wrath is on all their multitude. The sword is outside and the pestilence and famine within. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword, and whoever is in the city, famine and pestilence will devour him. And so through these three methods, the sword, famine, and pestilence, so many people would die. Most of the people would die. There would be a few, a remnant, who would escape up into the mountains. Those who survive will escape and be on the mountains like doves of the valleys, all of them mourning, each for his iniquity. Every hand will be feeble and every knee will be as weak as water. They will also be girded with sackcloth. Horror will cover them. Shame will be on every face, baldness on all their heads. So even these who you would think would have the best lot in the sense that they would escape to the mountains, even they would mourn like doves. They would be feeble and they would just be covered with sackcloth, which was a sign of mourning because of everything that had come upon them and because really they had lost everything. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like refuse. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They will not satisfy their souls nor fill their stomachs because it had become their stumbling block of iniquity. And so the love of money, the pursuit of materialism had deceived them and led them astray. And now that all of this was coming upon them, they would just literally throw their silver and gold out. Why? Because during the siege, they would be dying of starvation and they couldn't even use their silver and gold to buy anything. It was worthless. They couldn't eat it. And so they would just toss it. It would be of no value to them. It would have been far better for them to be able to escape with their lives than to have their wealth. As for the beauty of his ornaments, he set it in majesty, but they made from it the images of their abominations, their detestable things. Therefore, I have made it like the refuse to them. And so they took their wealth, the silver and gold that they had. They used it to decorate their idols. So God said, I will give it as plunder into the hands of strangers and to the wicked of the earth as spoil, and they shall defile it. I will turn my face from them, and they will defile my secret place, for robbers shall enter it and defile it. So as bad as the judgment was, it was coming upon Jerusalem and upon them as far as them dying and fleeing to the mountains. What would even be worse was that God would bring foreigners into his sanctuary to defile it. And the temple, their beautiful temple in which they had gloried, would be destroyed. Make a chain for the land is filled with crimes of blood and the city is full of violence. Therefore, I will bring the worst of the Gentiles and they will possess their houses. I will cause the pomp of the strong to cease and their holy places shall be defiled. Now, this was unthinkable to them that this could happen, but God would use these wicked Babylonians as his rod of judgment against them and would defile their holy places. Destruction comes. They will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster will come upon disaster and rumor will be upon rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet, but the law will perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. 
You know, it is just within the heart of man to seek peace. But there would be no peace when this happened. There would be no place to flee. And then they would desire the words of the Lord. They would desire to hear from God, but God would no longer be speaking to them, either through the prophets or the priests or the elders. The king will mourn. The prince will be clothed with desolation and the hands of the common people will tremble. I will do to them according to their way and according to what they deserve. I will judge them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So this seemed like total doom and gloom. It really was. Was there no purpose in all of this? Actually, there was a purpose, and that was that they would come to know that Yahweh was their God, that he was a God like none of their idols, and that he was all that they needed. And through this time of terrible discipline, they would come to know the Lord. You know, we don't have to wait until things get really bad to come to know the Lord. We can come to know the Lord through the revelation of his son, Jesus Christ. And if you have not come to know that The Lord is God. I pray that today would be the day you would open up your heart and trust in his love for you and trust that Jesus has taken the punishment of your sins so that you don't have to. May we all seek to know him as he is and not get into that position where we think we can sin without any consequence. That's not true. But if we will come and confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. On Monday, we will return to the Book of Ezra, where the returning exiles from Babylon restore worship by building an altar on the original site. Next, they lay the temple foundation. It's a strange combination of rejoicing and weeping. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.